It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from The Times, sports newspaper of the year. Welcome to the Games. I'm Chris Skinner, here to help you impress your friends with your Olympics knowledge. Today, Patrick Kidd has the latest from the rowing at Dorney Lake. He'll tell you how many rowing medals we're going to win this Games. Lizzie Orcutt is coming from the Times Pictures Desk. She's going to tell you how many thousands of photos the Times have to deal with every day. And Jenny MacArthur will report back from an amazing eventing session at Greenwich Park. Yesterday, Alison Rudd predicted bronze in the men's team gymnastics, saying... Most people who followed British male gymnastics would have said that, you know, Lewis Smith, great bloke, probably do something on the pommel, but as a team, we're weak. But they really did rise to the occasion. And she was spot on, not without some incredible twists and turns on the way, both on the floor and on the score sheets. You've been in touch, tweeting using the hashtag MyOlympics. Marcos Longoria says foosball should be in the Olympics. Well, if there's a campaign for darts, you never know. We'll have a few more of those later. Let's start at Dorney Lake. I asked rowing correspondent Patrick Kidd for some first impressions. It's all gone very well. Um, there, there were 13 events that we were in. We've won the heats in eight of them, and we've had pretty much safe progress in the others. Uh, it's starting to look like this is going to be a real medal rush, probably gold rush for Britain um, from this sport. And, uh, and the atmosphere down at Dorney has been ab- absolutely fabulous. It's been great to be there for a few days. And uh, later on today, we have the, uh, the last qualifying four final positions, don't we? Yeah. And who, who do we expect to Day to impress? Well, the lightweight four. Um, now, now, the lightweight four, because there's a, a weight limit, a maximum size they can all be, is often very, very close racing, tenths of seconds dividing them. But in the last year, Britain has become a dominant force. Um, they, they won the final World Cup of the season in Munich by two and a half seconds, which is a massive gap. Usain Bolt-esque. And then in their heat, they won that by two seconds for the Olympics. So they're through to the semifinals. Let's, we, we can't uh, ignore what will happen in, in the days after that. This is somewhere where uh, Team GB should really start rocketing up the table thanks to the rowing, isn't it? Uh, let, let's start with the Wednesday finals. Um, I, I would like to start with uh, Greg Searle and the men's eight. Well, the, the eight is always used to end the regatta. Um, it, it was all the Blue Ribbon event. They put it up first here. And uh, this could be a cracking race. Um, basically, Germany are the top team. They've, they've not lost a, a race since the last Olympics but uh, Britain will be getting closer and closer and closer they've got a real mixed bag in their eight of backgrounds and and uh, and 
ages. We've got Greg Soule, a 40-year-old who won a gold 20 years ago yeah. with his brother Johnny in the Coxed Pairs. Um, and then right down to Constantine Leloudis, the stroke man, the key seat, who is only 20. He's at Oxford University. He's taken a year out of his undergraduate degree to see if he could get into the Olympics. Never done a senior season before. And he got in, and he is regarded as a bright thing. You know, if he doesn't win gold this time, then he's going to be a shoe-in for Rio and um, for wherever we are in 2020. Um, he is, is, is the future of British rowing. But uh, Craig Sill's still there, sitting two seats behind him. Um, I think silver probably is what the eight will get. Um, but you just never know. They've been looking better and better. Where's the first gold coming from? Is it, is it going to be the men's and women's doubles? Is there something before that? Well, the first final of the regatta is the women's pair. And um, in women's rowing, we've, Britain has never had an Olympic champion. And everyone's thinking maybe Catherine Granger uh, on Friday, finally, after three silvers. But we've got a fabulous chance, the women's pair. Uh, a young couple called Heather Stanning and Helen Glover, neither of whom was really rowing four years ago. And they only came together in 2010 as a crew. Uh, they've been fabulous, unbeaten this year. Um, and the way they raise their heat, they really look champions. So I'm all up for them. They come from opposite ends of the country. One's from Cornwall, one's from Scotland. <laughs> Great backgrounds. And I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about them. And uh, the crowd obviously played their part with um, Hamadou Jibu Isaka. I think that's, we've roughly got the name I right there. I think we've got the name, yes. Tell me about him. Well, he's a, a rower from Niger, Scala. Uh, he's had a fabulous reception in his two races so far. He um, he says he'd only taken up sculling three months ago. I think there's been a little bit of doubt cast on that recently, but it's still he's very much a novice in international terms from a country that doesn't produce scholars. And he came over here with a wild card entry, which they give to developing nations. And in his first heat of the single skull, he was up against Mahe Drysdale, five times world champion and Olaf Tufta who's won two Olympic crowns so pretty dominating uh, daunting field and he finished well well back you know 400 metres behind but he was given such a great reception and quite enchantingly he said afterwards that uh, his hope that he will generate rowing in his country I'm going to go back it all starts now uh, to build up Niger as a rowing country all we need to do is get some boats Well a lot of people don't think about what happened after um, 2000 with Eric Thiel I don't know how you're familiar you are with his story Well he wasn't allowed to qualify he, was he? Well, he wasn't he, it was a visa bungle which stopped him apparently in 2004 he, he became a much better swimmer yes. and he's now a swimming coach so so some good does come from these wild card entries in that we, we a, a guy who turned up as a novice has gone on now hopefully to inspire many more people well Jibo Isaga is not a bad sculler by uh, you know most of the people who are in the crowd at Dorney are going to be rowers themselves and most of them won't be hitting the times that he hit yes he is an athlete he's just a long long way behind the elite if he can go back and if his story can revive or uh, ignite rowing in Africa that would be fabulous uh, we'd hopefully see a few more nations with chances maybe in Rio and I want you to finish by wildly speculating before we have any finals how many medals how many golds for Team GB there were 13 events we were in I think we've got a very good chance for medal in 11 but I'm going to go for 9 medals 4 golds I've written that down and we'll, <laughs> and we'll bring this back up in a couple the of days. The official target is four to six. So uh, it's, it's the battle between the people who want their funding and uh, the people who get journalists who get overexcited and optimistic. <laughs> uh, Patrick Kidd, thank you. Thank you. I'm joined now by the Times Equestrian correspondent Jenny MacArthur. Uh, Jenny, you're at an incredible day in the uh, cross country of the eventing uh, yesterday. I, I want to start though with Greenwich Park. I'm so impressed with this as, as an Olympic venue. What are your thoughts? It has been 
had the wow factor, which is what everybody said it would have. And everything, the course, the cross-country course, the arena, have been praised. The only the only criticism would be on the cross country today. It was slippery, and the horses had to take great care around the corners, um, which had quite a bearing on the competition. Well, there were but a yes, few accidents, weren't there? There were a few accidents, and some of those were due to slipping up on the on the corners, and also after the fences, which which was a shame. But there will always be falls and uh, such in a, an Olympic competition. Now uh, the medals are dished out tomorrow, but but to the, to the novice, explain uh, what what the eventing process is from start to finish. Right, there are three phases, and it starts with the dressage, which uh, then is followed by today's cross country. And it finishes with the show jumping. There, there are two rounds of the show jumping today. The first, this morning, is to decide the team medals. And then the 25 top riders from the team competition go forward for the individual competition in the afternoon. And that decides uh, the medals for the individual riders. And there are several Brits in the top 25 at the moment, aren't there? It's incredibly exciting. We've got Christina Cook on Miner's Colic, a horse who very nearly died last year through a colic-related injury illness. Um, she is now lying fifth. And Mary King, who's in her sixth on her sixth Olympic Games, is lying in sixth place on Imperial Cavalier. And the great thing is that we are quite good at show jumping. And so... If any of the ones ahead of them make a mistake, we could well uh, creep up into the individual medals, as Christina did in Beijing four years ago when she was outside the medals at two perfect show jumping rounds, saw her get the bronze medal. What's going to happen? Can you see medals being dished out? Yes, I think that both Germany are in the lead, but they are only the cost of two show jumping fences ahead of Britain for the team competition. Now, we are normally, I don't like to tempt fate, but we are normally <laughs> reliable show jumpers. And should Germany and their overnight leader, who is Ingrid Klimker, really lovely person, so again, I feel sad even saying this, but <laughs> her, horse, her horse is not a noted show jumper. And it did crash out at the European Championships last year with a lot of mistakes on the show jumping. So much as we all love Ingrid, I think, uh, you know, should she make mistakes um, and should Great Britain have clear rounds, we could get this coveted gold medal, which we've been trying to win back ever since Munich in 1972. Well, uh, we'll have our fingers firmly crossed. Uh, uh, Jenny, thanks so much for that and, and enjoy the events today. Thank you very much. I'm joined now by Elizabeth Orcutt, who is the uh, deputy picture editor here at The Times. Um, I wanted to talk to someone from your desk, because I, I sit very near you in the office at The Times, and it has gone crazy since the Olympics started. I mean, this must be the busiest time ever for you guys. Yes, I think you could, <laughs> I think you could safely say that, yes. Give me a scale of the amount of pictures you're having to deal with. OK, so um, on a normal working day in a 24-hour period, we'd have around eighteen to 20,000 pictures, and by early evening yesterday, we'd had 29,000 images. 29,000? Yes. I can't even 
fathom how you would uh, start a process where you can get from run-of-the-mill picture to one that may end up on the front page of the paper? Well, I think part of it is I'm looking at panes of pictures, about 9 to 12 pictures on a, on a pane. You get very quick at scrolling through, and actually it's the thing that catches your eye. And also, um, as the day goes by, you, the story becomes apparent. Yeah. So then you go back over it and you start and you start drilling down and actually looking for the image that you that you want. So it's a combination of things that catch your eye, which will be the quirky, out of the way kind of stuff, and then somebody great does something amazing and you then review all the images of that person. And, and the, nothing like the Olympics can provide the photos that demonstrate the full range of human emotion, can they? Everything from, you know, joy, despair, agony, anger. Yeah, and there's something um, there's something about sports photography practitioners. They, um, they're, they're, I don't know, it's something to do with them. They have this special ability to slow, slow action down down in their minds and they'll go into a, an event with a very strong idea of the image that they want to pull out of it so they they're, they're fantastic at forward thinking and uh, anticipating what the image might be and making the image I know Graham Hughes said that uh, he, he had watched um, Jessica Ennis train so much that it, for when he was taking photos of her, he'd know exactly that move as she went over the hurdle yes, or over the yes, high jump. Yes, and that, exactly. that demonstrates yes, def- that. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. And also, you know, things like, um, you know, um, uh, well, my, my background is equestrian sport. So I I know what outline the horse should be in and yeah. I know at which point, you know, it, it, you know, where to stand to make it look good. And, you know, you just kind of get, you kind of, you know, you, you learn that. And sports photographers are really really good at that um, I suppose because the sport is contained in a particular area and they can move around it I don't know It's maybe it's less random well e- enjoy uh, the equestrian later on today there, there, there could be a defining moment yes, there yes oh, absolutely definitely. it definitely. helps when you have a royal on the horse doesn't it uh, yes of course yes yes Elizabeth <laughs> uh, uh, thank you so much my pleasure Some more of your messages using the MyOlympics hashtag now. Nick Petrie says, sensational from our gymnasts. Calm under pressure, delivered when it mattered. They certainly did. And Stacey Marie Dove says, just seeing their feet hanging over the edge makes me feel dizzy. Hashtag diving. Dizzy and sick, maybe. One of the low points of the games was seeing poor Tom and Pete crash out. Please send your own Olympics thoughts over and we'll read as many as we can on tomorrow's programme. The Times has a fantastic iPad app. If you're listening via this, you'll already know. If not, why not try it out? This, for example, has some pictures attached to it. You can go to timespacks.co.uk where there are various excellent offers to suit your needs and reading habits. The podcast is also available as an MP3 in iTunes. Our next show will be with you tomorrow morning. The iPad edition updates at 5am, 5pm and 10.30pm every day of the games. Enjoy the action today. Goodbye. Goodbye.